Open your eyes. Wake up, Link. I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James J. Miles. I'm James the Jaster Stewart. And you're listening to Hyrule Field Report. Jess, what did we do last week? And last time we finished up on Shrine 2 of the Great Sky Islands. And on this week's edition of the report, we head towards the third shrine and uh, hopefully finish up our adventures on the Great Sky Island. So we touched on this a little bit last week. You step out of uh, In Isa Shrine and right there is a cave you can now smash open with your newfound hammer. Yes. Um, and this is... One of the big new things that Tears of the Kingdom has is littered across the whole world. Lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of uh, little cave networks well, for you to explore. This this first one right outside the shrine isn't much of a cave. It's just where you get, finally, a shirt. <laughs> yes, Link's been running topless across this uh, adventure so far, um, and I think I spoke about on our um, first, like our, our first episode proper of this cast. Um, I was terrified I'd missed that shirt in the initial first uh, first shrine, but no, it's just in a cave nine million miles away from where you find the bottoms. <laughs> um, but it's the fact they get a pop up, like new discovery, it's marked on the map as a cave. Um, mm. It's, uh, yeah, it's... So it actually tells you as well when you're actually done with the cave. If it's a little check mark on them. Uh, yes. Um, That's pretty cool. Because, well, before we... I've, actually, no, you're right, Luke. This first cave with the shirt in it, I don't think is a mark Yeah, because it's barely a cave. It's just That's, you smash the rock and there's a chest there. It's a little walkthrough. No, sorry, I'm getting muddled yeah. up here because before yeah, well, we, that... Very shortly, we will get to another cave. But before that we see something new which wasn't really in Breath of the Wild. Um, because we'll find a little group of constructs and they're actually fighting some choo-choos. Yes. Um, I don't remember seeing like NPCs fighting each other. In you would see monsters hassling travellers in Breath of the Wild. Right. And you could step in and rescue them. But there was never a case where there were different groups of um, enemies fighting. Yeah, I guess because... Well, oh, actually, I think, I think, like, some big enemies would fight. Like, you could make a Talus fight a Guardian. Oh, okay. But you had to it? go out of your way to, like, drag them to each other. <laughs> I was wondering about that because the Guardians are also, you know, corrupted by, um, you know, malice and, or, 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 you know... In fact, it might, it might not even have been... Rather than like a Monster Hunter World turf war, it might have been more like a old Monster Hunter game where just they're no both doing attacks and they right. happen to hit each other. Right. <laughs> Not so much like enemy factions as such here, which, you know. Whereas here you've got full on Halo style, mm. they will fight each other and you yep. can use that to your advantage sort of yes. stuff. I first saw that, I was like, oh, we've got a little battle going on. Let me join in. <laughs> Kill everybody. I'll let them, <laughs> them, them duke it out. Um, 
place in Dungeon Hex. <laughs> like, and quite on I the choo-choo's. <laughs> no, I was all in on the constructs. <laughs> um, I remember thinking this as well when I saw these guys fight, is that in another game where you would maybe have experience points, per se, for defeating enemies, I would definitely charge in and, you know, I'm, I'm not letting them take my experience points, I'm going to defeat those enemies. Mm-hmm. In a game like this where there's no such concept and your reward for, you know, vanquishing an enemy is the parts that it drops, whether that's for... You still get the choo-choo the drops then, or... even if the construct, like, kills them. Yeah, yeah, they're all, like, all the parts still drop. So, what? you know there's no real incentive to run in the idea is then just to let them juke it out and be a little vulture just excited to join like a a mini little skirmish that's all yeah you get amongst it we wouldn't stick about like i'm here i will say i don't one thing i will say is i don't remember this coming up as often later in the in the adventure but i think that's maybe the scarcity of the construct enemy type compared to just general yeah. monsters. Yeah. Um, but it, it was very cool to see. Yeah, I do. I definitely where I'm at in the game, I'm still seeing it now and then. But yeah, perhaps maybe as I'm getting to like the end game, I'm going to be seeing less of the constructs getting involved. <laughs> but then there's also there's some like even bigger like multi-character battles coming up later. Yes. But uh, after, I suppose, we get past the little melee there, um, we have our first proper named cave, the, the Pondside Cave that we come across. Mm. Um, and uh, immediately once you venture into the Pondside Cave, you'll find a new and very important item, um, a Bright Bloom Seed. Um, yeah, I, I definitely would have picked them up here. But it wasn't until much later and much darker caves <laughs> that I realised how useful they are. Yes, I mean, I, uh, this I think... was just me kicking, picking up everything I saw at this point. I think yeah. when I picked it up and it gave the tooltip as to what it did, I then hit one and saw that it illuminated. Um, but yeah, these are really, really useful. Um, like you said, look, the this maybe isn't the most useful place to to highlight. Um, how good they are. Um, if they're not number one on your most used item list, like, I don't know what you're doing in this game. <laughs> the, Lighting a lot of stuff on fire is what I'm doing. <laughs> Fair enough. I think for me it's, it's bomb arrows now, but I've been fighting a lot of tougher enemies that I've been using tons of bombs on, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, for a good chunk of the game, it was these guys. It's like we'll bright bloom seeds, fire seeds, and then like, bombs for me. Uh, we'll get into why on a on a episode in the not too distant future, I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, very useful, and this is your first chance to actually see them in action. Um, something you might also come across on this cave is a very strange blue frog creature. <laughs> Did you guys come across the? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Frog? I met the bubble frog. Yeah. Similar to the like the Breath of the Wilds, like. The Tory Mountain, like horse. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so I got off like, straight this... away. Like it reminded me of right away. They're all related, right? Because they're all related to the bloopies, right? Um, because yes. yeah, you take out the bubble frog, and it it sort of floats up and disappears, and leaves behind a little bloopy who scarpers. Yeah. Yes. So I 
like like is the bubble frog like a transformation they can do or like a disguise they take on or yeah it's it's it maybe like an intimidation sort of deal that they do because bloopies are uh i'd imagine hunted quite fiercely by by uh very greedy adventures um definitely haven't mercilessly shot arrows at a bloopy myself to get a, get a pocket change um so yeah they, they probably like for hide away and become these more nimble bastards sometimes to shoot with arrow creatures um mm. but yeah i think the you mentioned there jas about the obviously they're all linked to satori mountain that's expanded upon um in a bit more detail with um the well We'll find out a little bit about the purpose of what the, the bubble frog actually drops, which is the bubble gem. Yes, which, uh, uh, which will will hopefully give us some more clues about bubble frogs as we go on. Yes. Um, admittedly, mm-hmm. not from the most reliable narrator. <laughs> yes. Um, I was uh, I was a bit curious at first when I saw the top right pop up and it was like, like another collectible. I was already mm. thinking, mm, okay, so we're getting another... Um, another sort of Korok seed equivalent. And whilst they're definitely not as populous or as difficult to find in a lot of cases as Korok seeds, um, the bubble bubble frogs, um, well, let's put it this way. There's one in every single cave that you'll come across throughout your journey. And uh, sometimes very well hidden and you feel like you're in the cave for a different reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they generally like yeah if you've got like a cave to like tick off like and like you think you've been everywhere like the one thing you're probably missing is the bubble frog yep well i mean that's you don't get the tick until you've got the bubble gem right. that is always that's what triggers it so even if you haven't let's just say there you've gone into the cave for a quest even if you do the quest it doesn't matter if you find that bubble frog first if you haven't done that quest you'll get the tick um that's what the tick on the map is to designate um so if you've got uh, if you're trying to find any bubble frogs later in your journey and you have a look on your map have a look for any caves that don't have that tick next to it and uh go spelunking um but yeah we'll get more into those guys in a, in a later episode but for now this is your first chance to actually come across these strange little toads Nice. No, my but my main takeaway when I went into this cave was just like big Elden Ring vibes. Mm. Yeah, I think we spoke about this on our first impressions, but these caves, these little kind of mini, not mini dungeons, but there is is another place to explore, right? Um, yeah. sort of mini challenges. It's it's almost like another shrine in a sense. Mm. And there's usually there's usually a fair bit to these caves. They're not just little hollows with maybe a few rocks in them. There's usually a few levels to them, or some sort of puzzle you need to solve. And um, yeah, the cave networks are re- a real big part of Tears of the Kingdom. They definitely are comparable, like to shrines, like because there's certain ones that can get like really big, like and expansive. Like and shrines are the same. They can they can be. Really small shrines usually structured, but like there's other ones later that you can find that are absolutely a lot, a lot bigger than you would expect compared to Breath of the Wild's mm-hmm. like shrines. And what I love about them is that they can they can really catch you off guard with how big they are. You can go into a cave thinking it's just going to be like a little jaunt with a couple of enemies in it, 
and then like you go through this hole and then you go down this level and then you find like a big underground lake yep. and then that's got two more and then you're in some kind of dungeon yeah, and then there's a big boss at the end <laughs> yeah so yeah they can be pretty bonkers and they don't even need to include a little warp point at the end like they do in a Elden Ring because as we'll find out later this episode we've got that built in <laughs> we've got our very own escape rope yep So uh, once you traverse through the Pondside Cave, um, we'll come to another uh, smaller river. But uh, but this one is flowing a lot faster. It's more of an issue than the the water we crossed before. Yes, and this is the river I think you were thinking. Yeah, about definitely. Previous yeah. episode, Jas. Um, just before we cross the river, though, um, just to the after you emerge from the cave, if you turn right, there's a little little side path you can go down it's got some of those floating like floating metal boxes that you yep. can move oh yeah with the ultra hand i was like interested in that like right away i was like it was like connecting to like a little like separate floating island i'm like oh there's a little yeah. chest down there i'm going down there before I, before i cross this river yeah i mean that's the test of a true gamer right you check every possible thing you can do that's not the main thing first yeah i forgot about that yeah i remember um Kind of making a little staircase with those floating platforms for myself I and jumping the gaps. I think there's a, a like a captain or something down there. You flight before you get the chest. There is there. There is an enemy. That rings a bill. I actually got myself kind of slightly stuck down there because I wasn't smart enough, like Jay was there, to make like a staircase out of the floating things. I put them. Well, I kind of did, but I made them too high before. I like I jumped down and I was like, "Hey, I'm down." Not realizing that my ultra hand ability only stretches so far. It's not. It's got a certain range, like to it. Ah. I was like, "Oh dear, I've got the treasure, but I've got stuck. What do I do?" <laughs> and I, like, luckily there was like about three or four trees down on this little island with the chest, and I just chopped them up, stuck them together, and managed to attach it to the closest floating platform and pull the whole entire platform nice. all the way down. I was like, "This is excellent!" Like, thought I was like soft locked, <laughs> and I had to restart the game and actually figured out basically an element that wasn't a puzzle but it was for me in that situation see that's what i love about this this starting area is that i know we spoke about it's maybe a bit more linear and Mm. focused um than the great plateau but the way it's designed gets to get you thinking about you know, clever ways to use the new yeah, powers. That's why I didn't get that feeling. I can understand when people do say, like, it is linear. It definitely is. But that's why I never got that feeling, because obviously I had that moment where I got stuck on that island and also all the caves that we've spoke about before. Yeah. I was just like, what's this? What's down here? What's over it's here? It's only in comparison... In comparison... In terms of the main quest, absolutely. I get what people are saying. But, you know... Breath of the Wild was just the way I played it. It's just the way I played a game. I'm always going to remember like this, right? bits in between, like the main quests, more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the journey's the thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, after we return from our little um, side adventure there, um, we've got a fast flowing river where it's not going to be possible just to make a box standard log raft this time. We're going to have to attach something onto the raft to propel us forward. And this is where we're given 
our first energy cell. We get our yes. introduction to Zonai devices. Possibly like a bigger a bigger new thing than like some of the powers we've been given so far. Zonai devices really, really change up the game. Yeah, and they're everywhere. I mean they're they're involved in so many puzzles and so many ways you traverse and get about the world. Um yeah, like you said, it's 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 a huge part of Tears of the Kingdom. Well, and these batteries is like a third um a third resource or like a third meter after your health and your stamina. You've also yeah. now got your like battery charge. Almost like a magic meter from the old games. Mm. Yes, yeah, very much so. Uh, and, of course, uh, here, yeah, it's literally just a couple of fans. And yeah. this is the bit where not knowing the buttons really, <laughs> really screwed me. I spent ages crossing this river the first time. I was putting things on at the wrong angle. It was crashing. I was having to restart over and over. I was having to smash things up and remake them. I didn't even know the correct buttons to detach <laughs> things, like how you have to wiggle the right stick. Yep. So, yeah, I was just desperately trying to bounce things off of other things to get them to land the way up I wanted them to. Have, like, the normal, did you have, like, the normal enough. HUD up at this point in the game, or were you on, like, the Pro HUD? No, of course not. I switched to Pro, like, <laughs> Fair enough. one minute into the game. So that also didn't yep. help. <laughs> I was going to say, that's probably, like, the are, um... like your big sticking point, because I did have it on, like, Initially, like, and it can I help with like learning the controls for Ultra Hand? Were yeah. you, were you frustrated at this point and thinking, I'm on my bounce off this, or were you thinking there must be something I'm missing? I there it was. I was definitely thinking there's definitely something I'm missing. Right. I was also thinking this is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yeah. So at this, like, it, obviously, a hundred hours of that, it would stop being funny, right? Well, yeah, yeah. But at this stage, I was definitely having a good chuckle at what was going on. Yeah. And yeah, I was pretty, but like, I, I, I thought I tried every conceivable button, and it's the fact that it's hold down right and use D pad is what I couldn't, mm -hmm. I hadn't tried. But yeah, yeah, I got to a point where I was like, maybe I haven't missed something. Maybe this is just how it works. But the fact, when I pressed R, like, the different arrows do come up on screen. So I was like, right, well, that's definitely something. So, yeah. There is something just really satisfying, though, about making any sort of contraption in this game using the Zonai devices and, you know, even just a random few bits of a few logs, obviously, like the raft. Um, and just having your finished creation work. Like, when I had that moment where I just successfully got across the river and then I was like, I made this. <laughs> I did this. This is great. <laughs> um so yeah, I just I love making strange and wonderful new devices. And like I said, going back to this place yesterday and just getting across that river in like three seconds flat was a very satisfying sign <laughs> that okay, I, I have actually learned these mechanics pretty well. And uh, after a short little climb, once we end up fording the river on our lovely device, um, we've got another opportunity to play about with making uh, attaching a fan to a Zonai device with some uh, minecarts. Yes. 
whack a fan on the back of that and suddenly a, a rail, you can boost yourself up the rail and jet on off to the next cave. And yeah, this is some fun stuff, getting into the, the minecarts and whizzing around at high speeds. I mean, minecarts in caves are a pretty common game trope, mm. but I don't feel like I've done this where like I'm building them and mm. um, moving them and stuff myself in this way. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you also know that you can attach them, I attach minecarts, some... you can fuse them to your shield. Shield surf, yeah. Like yeah, I've seen some people... <laughs> That have sh- ended yeah. up just shield surfing on it. I was like, that's, you know, I I didn't use the shield surfing mechanic a lot outside of maybe the mini games mm. in Breath of the Wild. Um, I know I know it's a big deal with like speedrunners is a good movement option, yeah. right? Um, uh, and just yeah, crazy. Just people seeing people like Tony Hawk survey <laughs> these these rails, so the clever. Minecart one's just great. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet, but I've seen it and it is. The coolest. Um, and yeah, this whole kind of area, like from the point of the river into the mining cave and then just outside, is really revolved around teaching us about the Zona devices and batteries and how that whole f- and getting new- and how to get new Zona devices and how to increase your battery capacity. This is a kind of a little tutorial section around that because in the mining cave itself, um, there's some or outcrops, you decide to smack them instead of getting what you would normally get in the first game, which would maybe be flint or amber, or if you're lucky, one of the rare, rarer gems. Um, it drops a new type of mineral called zonite. Zonite, I think. Zonite. Yeah. Zonite. Yes, zonite. zonite. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's always, I don't know what they're. Zonite. How you're pronounce it? Zonite. 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 And uh, if you take the Zonite over to um, a nearby forging construct, he can accept that and process it and create crystallized charges, which he he mentions is used for um, powering and, and, and fueling energy cells. Right now, there was no way to convert that into battery life, but it kind of teaches you that this zonite material is another form of currency and it's another hmm. way of upgrading um it's good how you're going to upgrade to your your battery capacity throughout the journey um but the if i remember rightly the forge constructs do mention that um there's not there's very little zonite remaining on the great sky island this is this this cave has a very small um there's very few outcrops left and the majority of it's going to be found um, they said in the lands below so um, it seems like obviously something for you to be aware of, you know, but it's not something you're going to engage with on the Great Sky Island to a big degree. No. Did you guys pick up any of the crystallized charges when you were in here? I picked some or? up, but I don't think I've done much with them yet. At least, at least I hadn't at this point. Yeah, I definitely picked them up, though. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, they're, they're definitely more of a... More of a thing in a in another area <laughs> that we'll right. get to. Um, also, just outside the cave, before we move into our next cave, I'm pretty sure this is where you see your first um, Zonai device capsule dispenser. 
I remember seeing it kind of in the distance. I don't know if I used it yet or even could use it yet, but I remember seeing one. I definitely remember using it here. Um, okay. So yeah, you go up to it and there's a construct by it that teaches you that if you drop some materials, he mentions um, specifically Zonai charges um, and any sort of material from a Zonai construct, like the soldier constructs have been dropping... If you drop that into the, it's basically like a cooking pot um, equivalent, just by outside the device like dispenser, it will then drop. Yeah, um, I think for me, it's best just yeah, to use the zone I charges themselves. Then. You seem to get pretty much all the materials you need from that. I initially I thought it was going to be if you drop a zone I charge along with, let's say, a, a key swing, you might get like a a wing component or something like that but it doesn't work like that it just it, you chuck in zonai charges you will get a random zonai device spat out of the machine um but well, it's also random from like the list that's cool available that... like on them because each one has like different yeah. parts attached to them that's it yeah yeah so You've, you'll have to travel to different areas to get. I had like a, a funny theory them, about also... these like machines because obviously I mentioned that they're gacha machines some like someone online mm. basically mentioned that I think Nintendo put these in this game as a kind of little cheeky call out to Genshin Impact, which apparently copied, copied, which oh, copied oh, yeah, a whole I lot of Breath of the Wild's like mechanics and stuff. No, I say Genshin Impact oh, is like a, a, like a gacha game exactly as well like on top Genshin. of it. So like, I wonder if Nintendo are just cheekily going copy our copy in our game, eh? Dare you? We'll put gacha machines in ours. So I haven't um, played any Genshin Impact, but I've got a bunch mm. of students who play it. And so I talk to them about it, and they're never telling me, like, oh, I did this in the game and it was fun, or I enjoyed this in the game. It's always just, I want this character <laughs> and all this money. <laughs> I mean, yep. The trailers make it look like Breath of the Wild, but it seems like the main yeah, thing pay, is just gacha, gacha, gacha. Mm-hmm. A little bit of it. It's, it's, it's all right. Just didn't want to spend money. Yeah. Um, but I did spend <laughs> Zonai charges. And I did get uh, <laughs> some device capsules. So yeah, it, the, the, this is also the game teaching you that you don't have to just rely on Zonai devices. The world. That you'll yeah. find, you know, dotted about, left or strewn in the wild. You'll be able to drop down your own from capsules and uh, use them to create whatever you want. So I think from this machine, if I remember rightly, I think I noted down you can get a flame emitter, which is basically a flamethrower, obviously. Um, you can get a fan, which I've seen in use as well, and a portable pot. Um, so anywhere you want to slap that down and get the cooking, you don't have to just go to a village. You can do that out in the wilds now as well. Because they only do one meal, I thought the portable pots, they didn't seem that useful. Um, but in like... It was when I was doing the first dungeon and it was like I was in a real pinch because I was out of hot right. food. And it meant I could I could bust out my portable pot and just make like one more spicy elixir just mm -hmm. to get me through like the finale. So yeah, they, I've done, they yeah, I done that as well. Like when I was recently yeah. playing and I was like, I needed like, so like similar to you, just like low on food and he did it there and then. I, I think I had like yeah. about 15... 20 like portable pots and I just whacked down 10 and got like cooking away on each one 
<laughs> Open up your yes. own restaurant. And then, yeah, well, there's, so there's one more cave here. I actually didn't find this on my initial playthrough. I found it when I went back yesterday. It's called Bottomless Cave. Oh, really? I thought this is how you get to the next shrine, no? Um, I think it is meant went to around be, it. <laughs> I, I found some stupid yeah. way around the sides and made some, made a ladder out of rock, logs or whatever nonsense I did to get up there. Fair enough. Uh, but this cave, the main thing is it's our reintroduction to like likes. Yes. Oh, when 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 I saw this, when I walked into this this this, this cave, and I saw this lad, yeah. just had a guttural <laughs> reaction. Like, what the oh hell? God! What the hell is that? Yeah, <laughs> What's that? Was that? <laughs> and then I realised what it was. Um, oh, hor- horrific creatures. Yes. The my earliest memory of like likes is one of the Game Boy games. I don't know if it was Link's Awakening or one of the Oracles ones. And and that was the thing they, they always done. Like if they, you don't let them catch you because they take your shield. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. And I was like, at least in this game, if they eat one of your items, you've got like f- five shields, and oh. losing items is a thing. Back in the old games, you usually only had one shield. You had to travel back to a town and buy one. I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think the first time I saw a like like was in Smash Brothers Melee in the adventure (laughs) mode. (laughs) Yeah, I really like what they've done with them in this game. In Ocarina of Time, are those big flying things technically like likes? No, those are, um, what are they called? They've, they've got a name, but no, they, are, they aren't like likes. Um, okay. Oh, what are they called? I'm going to have to look this up now. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally on the Ocarina of Time enemy list right now. Don't worry. But um, yeah, I like the... Uh, like like. The like likes. I like the like likes in this game. They're... Uh, I, I like I like the like like. They're... Um, I like a like a the like a like. P, P hat. Lever. Oh, I think. Oh, you're thinking of levers? I was thinking of P-hats. Oh, P-hat, yeah, yeah, P-hat is what I was thinking of. You are correct. Yes. Um, but yeah, they've, 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 they're interesting because you've got to get close enough mm. to them for them to kind of gob out their weak point. Oh, well, the first one, um, like, is kind of... The first normal, like, likes are weak to fire, yeah. so... Fire-fruited arrow opens their mouth. Ah, mm. I, I, I remember using bomb arrows on them. To that works. Get them well. I open. usually just, I, I get close enough that they reveal their weak point, mm. and then I pop it with an arrow real quick. Yeah. yeah. And once you've done that, then they sort of they lie down, and you can get some good hits in. Mm. I will say I don't have much trouble fighting one like like, but there's a couple mm. of points where you have two. And it means when you're getting close enough to attack one, you're in range of the other one to grab yeah, you. Yeah, I've, I've definitely found like in a later cave, there's like about three or four of them quite kind of close by, and I'm like, how the hell am I going to tackle this situation? Just like relying on my bow for the most part. Yeah, some interesting variants, variants of like likes as well that you'll come across later in your journey. Hmm. Don't know if you've come across any of them yeah. so far, but. Uh... I've seen I I've seen like an ice one and a fire one or whatever a lightning one stuff like that. 
yeah and those uh i think those are definitely a bit more challenging than just the the base version but they're still uh I think they're still that. Honestly, I think they're my favourite enemy in Tears of the Kingdom, the like so far. What are you? I like, like, yeah, like, it's just yeah, really, just really. There's something about them that I really like. <laughs> like they're always it's got an obvious weak point, but it's not always easy to kind of uh, like obviously like figure out like the normal ones as fire. But then like we were saying if there's multiple of them, it's like always a nice little challenge to kind of figure out how to like tackle them. Mm. Yeah, so far, like in the in all the time that I played, definitely up there. Um, have you both seen the Peter Jackson <sighs> King Kong film? A long, long time ago, <laughs> years and years and years ago, mate. Yeah, there's a gross the gross bit where they fall into a pit and there's like bugs that attack people. No memory, but sure. There's one that in it. I'm looking at the King Kong <laughs> wiki as we speak. <laughs> Apparently, it's called a uh, Carnictus, um, but it's very similar to the the like likes depicted here. It's super gross. Um, nice. It like eats. Anti circus. Anti circus. Yeah, it, it eats anti circus's face. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's apparently it's like based on like some prehistoric worms mm. and some kinds of like sea graboids. Maybe maybe stuff. it's the graboid yeah. thing of it's the like like stuff that make me. Yeah, there's a bit of a graboid. It's just vibe graboids well. like that's why that's why I really like. Yeah, them. they're definitely a, a gross <laughs> kind movie. of bug. <laughs> yeah, either by going through this cave <laughs> or doing some convoluted nonsense with a pile of logs. <laughs> You eventually find yourself up at the third shrine. Yes. Um, Gutenbach. Gutentag. Gutenbach. Yeah, which great name. <laughs> yep. Um, the, ability the ability to rise. To rise. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where we get the ascend power. Mm. Which, um, for me, is a lifesaver strong <laughs> it's yeah, strongly becoming my go-to so thing occasions. to use to like how can i break this puzzle how can i ascend past this floor <laughs> oh there's no there's another power we'll get to that uh, i used to break every puzzle in the game i don't like but yeah um yeah ascend just is you know pure and simple you just rise through the ceiling um and just continue traveling until you come to the other side um, we alluded to earlier on about caves. Get down into the cave, <laughs> get back out, just ascend out. Um, but it is also useful, I think, in a lot of um, like puzzles and such as well. Like there will be, it will be used in solutions to get to the next floor of a, an area or ascend to this. Maybe, maybe there's like a hollowed out structure with a floor in the middle but you can ascend up to the floor in the middle to get to whatever you need to get to i was like talking there about using it to like kind of almost kind of break the game it was like somewhere later on in one of the dungeons where i basically ascended like got up so high into the t in the dungeon area that i basically ascended into the boss room i was like just poked out and i'm like this is the boss room i'm not meant to be here back down i go <laughs> Figure out the rest of the puzzle <laughs> properly. 
the I spent so long forgetting I had this ability. Oh no, I could never forget it. I've, I mean, now I'm, but like the amount of times I'd be like, I just don't know how to get out of this. And it's, oh right, I can just literally just go up through this bit of ceiling. It can be like I love it, but like I can definitely see what you're saying there. It the can, can be like a turns bit, out like, early goes as a bit of a forgettable ability. Yeah, well, you've hmm. you've, you've really got to rewire your brain, right? Because it's. Hmm. That's not how you think about spaces, right? <laughs> but you can just go up through any ceiling you see. It reminded me in a, in, in a sort of way of the um, like the wall painting yeah. power in a link between worlds. Yeah, yeah, of. I know what you mean. Uh, some sort of idea of kind of rewiring your your brain in t- terms of the geometry of a level or what have you. Because in that game, it's um, like you're you're re- rewiring your brain yeah, like from like I, to play, on from like a three D space to a two D one. Yeah, yeah. Something which I've seen pointed out elsewhere, like this is an incredibly impressive bit mm. of actual like game development. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the amount of games where like you could accidentally get through geometry into the space between spaces that they've built a mechanic around treating those spaces like physical solid rock yep um, and something that came out i've seen a couple posts like the last couple of days apparently Alnuma has said that when the game was delayed about a year ago yeah, it was basically the rest finished. of the time to polish yeah. it yeah and they took that year to make it work, to make it solid. Yeah, and... um, it shows. Yeah, that's really just got to be yeah, a nightmare. It just shows how yeah, it's got to be a nightmare from a the development rest of the standpoint to get is. all the, all these mechanics that Tears of the Kingdom has to get them like working the way they have. Like yeah, yeah, like, and just breaking like constantly, like just simple like physics that they've got, yeah. like stuff like that. I've seen like online that it's it's not easy to, like to kind of have like a platform. Like that a player plays with, and let's say that platform like rotates, which obviously you can do that with Ultra Hand, and then put that have that player put another item on that platform and keep it rotating at the same time. Like that's like that's not an easy thing to do in development at all. Yeah, it's so complex. Like they just Tears of the Kingdom, they just make it seem easy. Like it just works. Like every time you're like, every time you think. And, Every time, like I mentioned, like I feel like I'm breaking the game with a end. It just, I'm not really breaking it. But just the fact that it works is like is, is unreal. Yeah, circumventing a few paddles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what's that hmm. line? When something is done well, you don't notice it's being done. And this game is such an example of that. Like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's doing incredible stuff that you've never seen before, and it all just feels like, well, yeah, of course that works. That's how it works. In particularly, like, so obviously I'm a big Pokemon fan, and I played, and I really enjoyed Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. But they they obviously had their problems. And this game is going so much bigger, so much faster, looking better, and running so smoothly on the same machine and it just, but like I understand why it's because Pokemon because it's part of a big media franchise they have to get a new generation out every three years because you know the trading card is waiting for new Pokemon and the anime is waiting for new Pokemon and the merch teams are waiting for new Pokemon 
Um, but yeah, like this game is an example of, hey, when you can afford to just actually take your time and make the game you want to make, yep. amazing things are possible. Mm-hmm. And I'd love it if mm-hmm. the game industry learned that lesson from this game, but they won't. I know um, Final Fantasy 16 did very much the same thing that um, Iruma mentioned. I think that game was has been finished for some time as well, mm. but they've been just polishing and, and such, which makes me I, <laughs> I'm very excited to play another game that's coming out this year in less than a month. As t- time how, did, so. how did Final Fantasy 15 launch? Terribly. <laughs> yeah, so, but, but, yeah, that's made me wonder, like, yeah, they probably, I guess they a, don't want that again, right? It was a unfinished bug. Uh, maybe not so buggy, but it's just a mess. It's a oh, yeah, there, there was the whole thing that the story was meant to be finished by DLC and then it didn't all come out, right? Uh, yeah, it's a different um, lead, lead dev on 16. It's, uh, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, it's, it's the Final uh, Fantasy XIV show, right? Yes, uh, Yoshida. And it's a Creative Business Unit 3, as they're known as... Um, at Square Enix, so yeah, Plus, I think they've got a um, Devil May Cry guy on the combat, right? Yeah, they're um, they're I, I see them cut from a very similar cloth as a lot of Nintendo devs, um, that that whole team, um, but yeah, yep, tangent there on Pokemon and Final Fantasy. <laughs> we should get back. <laughs> Pro- <laughs> progressing through, um, so after we finish the Ascend Shrine. Um, but there's a couple more bits where we can ascend mm. up, and you'll make. I actually almost missed that like raised area because when you come bit. out of this third shrine, um, it plops you like on the edge of a cliff, almost in a temple. Yeah, and it points you towards like the next place. But if you go back, yeah, I was just like I almost like jumped down because I was like you're at the edge of a cliff yeah, if you like... walk forward a little bit out of the shrine, and there's like just a body of water below you. And I'm like, are they telling me to dive? down here <laughs> wait a second you could you could so there's, there's a little random platform mm. with some enemies to fight and a chest on top technically you yeah. could get up there beforehand if you just like put some trees together yeah but it's yeah, that's like behind the shrine that's where I was like wait a minute you're not going to jump off yet I circle back yeah. and that's yeah. when I clocked that little area that you mentioned now and I'm like yeah yeah, this is where you're meant to use that's end I don't think you you unlock Isn't anything it the... wild. I think you just get Snow some gems or something, but it's still a cool little. Up there, above the Ooh, shrine. That's 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 above the shrine. That's kind of on the next. Mm, that's right. on the, that's on the path to the the glider okay, down yeah. to back yeah. to the double time. Um... But before we get to that glider, if you do poke about this area um, after the the shrine, I'm pretty sure around here. Um, did any of you come across the flux construct on your first visit here? Yeah, I, I didn't, but I could well. see it when I went back. I'm I'm not. Was it there? Yes. Was it actually there the first time? Yes. You there? Y- y- okay. Yes, I, I fought <laughs> it after the shrine. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, um, and. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to speak about these for a little bit. Um, and the fact that it's on the starting island, uh, it, it kind of, not to the same degree, because it's, whilst it's a harder, it's a hard fight, especially for this stage of the game, it's not as hard as 
the equivalent, which would be sometimes in Dark Souls games, they'd hide like an uber tough enemy in like the starting area. There's mm. like the um, giant crystal lizard in Dark Souls 3, for example. Or um, yeah, or even in the first game, you can fight the boss without your sword, right? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's about I saw this, I was like, oh, I want to, I want to tackle this guy. Well, even um, um, just to stick with this series, in Breath of the Wild, um, there's a couple of guardians on the Great Plateau. I think they're ones without legs, but still they yeah, are they're neutered. Yeah, a threat. Yeah, yeah. And then also, <laughs> if you play it in master mode, they stuck a Lionel up there. <laughs> Madman, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the flux constructs, which are basically um, they remind me um, like. Oh, is there not like a? I'm sure there's like an enemy in like a, a Kirby game or or a Mario well, there's a boss like a, in um. Not a big block monster in the Dragon Quest like exactly series. That that you're thinking of. Golems, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, the Dragon from, Quest golems, yeah. I remember exactly what not Gunstar Heroes. There's a, a boss oh, really? like this, exactly like this in Gunstar Heroes. I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. I think it's in like the dice maze level thing. Um, yeah, big, pretty much bang on, made of blocks, big sort of humanoid structure. Um, but the cool thing about the flux constructs, so there's like a one of the one of the um, bricks that it's comprised of yeah. is kind of glowing, and that's its weak point that you have to hit mm. a few times. I mean, you hit it a few times, it will then um, break apart. So. One way you can do it is wait till it attacks and then it kind of takes a minute to recover and you can hit it with some arrows whilst it's in that recovery position. Then it breaks apart. But and it, you can also use Ultra Hand to Ooh. grab the weak point and then if you do the shake the right stick to break it apart, you break apart the whole structure before to hit it. Yeah. I actually can... saw oh, something no, a little really bit earlier on today, like where yeah. apparently if you I can even tried that. use Ultra Hand and pull away it, the first blocks of where its hands are, and it's the, the blocks from its feet, and totally stop it. Attack you. Totally it tries it. to throw mm-hmm. out so it attacks, and it's like it doesn't can't reach um, you because you've removed mm-hmm. all its hands and feet, basically. And initially, I thought, okay, it's just going to be like a stone talus from uh, where it will just reconstitute again. But it does. But it reconstitutes into this giant cube <laughs> and starts trying to roll around in the ground, trying to crush you. And I'm like, what's this? Um, and again, this one was a lot harder to fight. And this is where I actually began using Ultra Hand against it because I thought, I wonder if I can. Oh, I can. And if you pull enough away enough of the blocks before you even get the main one, you kind of mm. break its structure and it can't roll about anymore. It just crumbles. And then you can run in and get the, the smacks in it again. Um, and then the last form after it reconstitutes, where it starts cycling back around to the first one, is like a floating platform. Um, and uh, the idea behind this is this one flies low enough, luckily, that you can ascend mm. up through the platform and then smack it and then let it drop back down so for me it was kind of a culmination boss fight of sorts from the first three powers kind of getting me to use all three of the powers because obviously i've used weapons and i was using ultra hand creatively and then ascend and um that's really cool man I like uh, these are my favorite new enemies. when i fought them one of them for the first time i was like i didn't even think of using like ultra hand and stuff like that or like 
Only thing I eventually used was the it gets into its like final like form, like where one of its closest final forms, and it throws out the the cubes. Like oh, jump, uh, like straight away, I was like, oh, I need to jump on these and then use recall mm-hmm. to get back up to the top of them. But for that and all of all of its other phases, I'm basically yeah. just like waiting yeah, for the so weak point to move into the right luckily. spot so I can shoot it with an arrow. And I'm like, I'm like, like, yep, yeah, I know, I need to now, man. I'm like fighting these things nah, like all wrong. Hand going, man. Yeah. You've and clearly, think, Jay, uh, like, you've, you've been thinking with the game's mechanics way yeah, earlier than I, I was. Because I fought this guy, and I'm just like, well, it's it's, a, it's an enemy in a game, I'm going to dodge its attacks and hit it with my weapons. And that was basically the extent of my tactics. <laughs> well, I did for the first form, right? Because I thought, yeah. it's just another type of talus. But it's when it moved into that cube, and the the the, the weak point was hidden behind all these blocks. I'm like, I wonder if the game wants me, can I? Oh, I can, and mm. yeah. Um, luckily, I this one flew low enough that I could actually beat it in its third form, oh, yeah, where it yeah. becomes that floating platform. Harder versions fly so high that you have to you have to use the the recall strat that Jas was on about. To uh, boost I was saying, I was like shooting the weak like point with arrows as well. Like there was also yeah. one that was fighting where yeah, it did actually. Yeah, that's I, where I, I, I like took more advantage of like the omen missiles of the key size. Hit the weak point at the right kind of angle, like because it won't always mm-hmm. be like behind its head, and I'm like fire it to the side that it comes in on the back weak point. Yeah. Baby, yeah, these guys are fun, really fun. Yeah, they're pretty cool. So yeah, back to our adventure, I suppose. Um, after that little side adventure, um, we mentioned that you'll find a kind of a glider if you continue down the path. That if you look out, look out from where the glider would outcrop and heading towards, it seems to be directing you right back towards, very conveniently, to the Temple of Time. So um, yeah, gets a chance to play a bit with the glider, and there's quite a few of these sort of launch platforms dotted about the game. Um, to give you a real chance to soar through the skies like a bird. When I played the first time, I think I like, yeah. glided towards the Temple of Time and then jumped off and landed in some water. When I played <laughs> yesterday, I literally flew the glider right into the door of the Temple of Time. <laughs> I think, yeah, I was trying to like adjust my... like use Link as a counterweight and like adjust my, my uh, balance. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how you steer them, right? By walking around on top of it. Yeah, until later where you get another zone eye device, obviously. But um, yeah, I, 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 oh, yeah, I was, I was the same. I was like way off. I'm <laughs> like, I'm not controlling this thing very well. Just like let me land close by at least. But then we get into the Temple of Time. We can make our way up to a statue. Mm-hmm. Um, and we discover that yes, just like in Breath of the Wild. It takes four to power up, not three. Well, yeah. Um, and before that, as soon as you walk into the Temple of Time, is, yeah. there's like a bit of glowing light. So I think the statue's a bit higher up, if I remember right. Yes, there. because you need the power to get to the statue. Yes. Um, and the glowing light, if you, when you trigger it, you see 
Zelda and clad in some strange garb, kind of floating. Mm. And kind of her hand reaches out and she clasps Link's hand and almost seems to bestow a power upon you. Which yes. is yep. the real game. zigzagging all over the place like you do in the real <laughs> game anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, which is uh, says as it says in the tin, lets you reverse the trajectory of any object that has already moved. Um, this power is bonkers to me. This yeah, this is, is one... one which it starts off like <coughs> it seems pretty obvious, right? Like, oh, okay, yeah, there's some go- cogs here. We'll make them spin the other way. We can climb up. Oh, I remember there was one back at the starting area. Let's go and use that. But then as you're playing the game and you're realising that, like, an enemy can throw a bomb at you and you can just send it back to them. Like, the enemy, like, rolls a big giant spike ball at you. And an enemy base and you just recall it back up so it hits them instead. (laughs) First time I did that, I was, like, proper (laughs) punch in the air. I was like, yes! I love that the game lets me do this! so good! Um, and what I found that I did quite often with Recall is if there was a puzzle that I just couldn't get or didn't like, um, and let's just say there was like a, a high gap in the wall where it was probably going to trigger some stairs or something when I solved the puzzle or something like that, couldn't solve it, what I would do is I'd get a platform, I would lift the platform up to where I needed to go to, drop the platform, hop on the platform, use Recall, and use Recall. And just skip the puzzle. Yeah. So this is the power I use. You're using like, recall. <laughs> it's good for like I like the moments where like stuff. say like you've kind of so you made a glider, a yeah, glider, yeah. And not generally got a good kind of launch off point. I like using recall for that, like where you can just basically take out your hand, the glider that you've built, lift it into there, let it drop, jump on the glider, hit recall, and then you're up and high, and then act, act, and then activate your glider to boost away. Ah, oh, nice. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I've always done that. like fun to do. It's so useful I've, I've when you've you got an area. Cool. Like, yeah, I've done that when I can't find basically a good not got enough lifting. You get a little bit higher. Um. So actually, now that I think about it, we got something a bit wrong in the last episode because we were speaking about the door. The first door was the it one was, that it was just the, locked off, right? It was I just can't open it because you're too weak. Mm. It's not. It was just locked. Uh, it, like you put your hand on it, and then it came up with a big like red uh-uh, denied. And Rauru says, "Oh, the arm's not powerful enough. You need to go power it up at the shrines." It's the inner door at the Temple of Time is the one that has the health meter mechanic. Yes, that's right. Yeah, because so, yeah, I was trying to think like. When I went back today and I saw where the position of like where the mm-hmm. statue is, where everything is, I was like, I couldn't quite remember how it worked. So yeah, you're correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this is the door where Rowe was like, mm, you're not strong enough now. Okay, there's another shrine actually. Um, go use fast travel. Pop back to where you've watched the walk and uh, see if you can get to it. And yeah, we talked and... like way back in our, our first episode after the first impressions, like, yeah. we all tried to get up this spinning wheel when we couldn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's because we needed this power. Yes. Which, uh, 
we use the, the power to rewind a spinning wheel and we discover the natural Yashrine, the ability to rewind. Yes. To natural Yaha. And yeah, this is our actual fourth shrine. <laughs> <laughs> natural Yaha. It's uh, yeah, it's another, again another gentle introduction to recall with um, you kind of rewinding some rafts across water and things like that. So yeah, um, using it to totally break the game like some of us have been doing is probably not in most players' minds by this point. But yeah, yeah, early like all th- all four of these they give you like the very basic way to use these powers, but like. 30 hours in, you're doing some really bonkers stuff with all of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Barely the tip of the iceberg yet. Mm-hmm. And then speaking of barely the tip of the iceberg, uh, here we are, what, episode five of this podcast? <laughs> We're coming to the end of our tutorial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um... So once you clear your fourth shrine, you can return back and trade in the four blessings of light for a heart container. And the game makes sure that you can't soft <laughs> yourself. It doesn't even give you the option for a stamina vessel. Yeah, like, no. it was one. <laughs> heart container is all you're getting here, mate. And uh, that then gives you enough life force to enough strength back in your body to open that door. What would have been really and... smart would have been if they'd had a door that needed four hearts. Or, technically, you could climb over, but you just needed slightly more stamina. I guess there's probably a way to cheese that second method. Yeah, because you would have have put together a ladder out of logs or whatever. A little platform. No, no, yeah, I I get why they've done it this way, and it makes sense, but yeah. But yeah, we we find another blob of light just outside the Temple of Time on the kind of a a outcropping, so, so to speak. Um... And we see the Master Sword kind of get taken into the blob of light. Yeah, we basically hand it back to Zelda. Yeah, wherever or whenever she may be. Yes, because you hear quite tellingly a recall noise Mm -hmm. when you Mm. see the sword getting passed from Link to Zelda. And uh, that kind of gives you an early sign of what Zelda's fate may be at this point. But... um, the uh, she takes the the ruined master sword, which um, I don't know if we've even mentioned. We've had it for the whole great plateau, basically. Yeah, so and it, you, we could even use it as a weapon. Like, yeah, considering the only other weapon we're getting is twigs, weak, it's not much yeah. different. I think a twig is almost stronger than that. Actually, it's just it's obviously got durability. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, once once we see that cutscene pass out, um, a, a dragon. Uh, a new dragon, one we haven't seen before, actually, um, kind of erupts through the cloud barrier that's been, prevent- been preventing us from seeing the lands below. And uh, we hear Zelda's voice say, tellingly, Link, you must find me. And uh, a new objective the arises can begin. to return oh, to really? <laughs> Yes. And the report can, yes, yes, no longer will we be Great Sky Island report. We can actually become the Hyrule Field report. And yeah, this I guess is the start. Like, there's still there's still a few things to unlock. Tellingly, 
we're about to jump all the way down to the ground. We still don't have our paraglider. Yeah, and I think that's. Uh, I was I was also and you mentioned this on an earlier episode. Like I was thinking, are we even going to get the paraglider? Like, oh my god, what's going on here? Yeah, we're jumping all the way down, down to the earth. Dear listener, that is where the next edition of the report will find us as we find ourselves landing in Hyrule Field to get a, get the lay of the land and find out exactly, well, what, what went down at Hyrule Castle and what's befell the Kingdom of Hyrule whilst we've been recuperating and recovering up in the Great Sky Island. So uh, make sure and join us for that one. Um, until then, Luke, take us away. Yeah, if you've enjoyed this podcast, you can find us on Twitter or Facebook at Hyrule Field Pod. We're also on, of course, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. However you're listening right now, make sure you rate and review, like and subscribe, share it with your friends. And if you want to hear more podcasts made by me and my pals, head over to patreon.com slash podcastiopodcastius. There's gaming podcasts, there's movie podcasts, there's sci-fi podcasts, you know. There might be something there that tickles your pickle. You can listen to everything for free, but then if you want to, you can throw us a dollar a month to help keep things online and maybe listen to episodes a little bit early as soon as we're done editing. Like word or words? Some some sage, just a sage word, you know. (laughs) No, I was going to say, like, if you ever find yourself in the snowy (laughs) mountains of the Gerudo Highlands, uh, don't eat yellow snow. (laughs) Sage advice. Oh, Oh, until next time. Catch you then.